0: Anna and I'm Amy and
1: this is Occupation Station welcome to our very first episode <laughs> Yep. so you know we don't we don't plan on focusing really on just occupational therapy uh, which we this episode that's what we are focusing on but I think in future episodes we want to talk more about things themselves you know like everyday things that we do yeah like, stuff like that right so, but we wanted, we wanted this episode to be, you know, a little bit of background on what we do and and just so that if anyone doesn't know what occupational therapy is, to have a better understanding about it. I want you to think of something that you do every day that brings you joy. You know, like taking off your shoes after a long day or walking your dog. Do you have something like that in you? My naps. Yeah,
0: I get the first thing I do when I get home is take a nap. Yeah.
1: No, you just getting a good night's rest is so important. So, you know, you have these things and whatever they may be, think about not being able to do them anymore. So, yeah, that's kind of a cheap shot. You know, we ask you to think about something that makes you happy and then we take it away. And, of course, you're going to be sad. But maybe you think about... Something that you usually overlook, like being able to go to the bathroom.
0: Or yourself. Digging. Yeah. You know? Or control when you can go to the
1: bathroom. Exactly. Being able to drive. That would, you know, I remember back in the day when I wasn't able to drive, that was horrible. 15 years old, not being able to get anywhere without asking your mom. It, it's things that we usually take for granted, Maybe think about the last time that you had a headache and you swore that you would never take it for granted again, that you wouldn't feel pain anymore, you know. Or even like when you have a
0: common cold. (laughs) Yes. And you you forget how great it is to be able to breathe out of
1: your nose. And everything smells so good afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you know, in this podcast, we are going to discuss the mundane, the everyday, the routine that makes our lives interesting, unique. And meaningful. We're going to talk about the activities that most, if not all of us, partake in, and give our extremely amateur but adequately researched opinions on why these play such an important and special role in our lives. I love it. Here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good because we're a part of it. (laughs) Um. So, Amy, do you want to give me your description of what occupational therapy is? What occupational therapy is. Um, so we
0: have talked about this so much in class, but I think I always come back to is that it's a way to get back to doing the things that are important to you. And you know, like it's a huge range. It could be from, you know, going to the bathroom to going to work, you know, being a part of your family, being part of your, you know, community, your social network. Um, but to me I think it's a process of getting back to to either what you once were able to do or learning how to participate in, quote-unquote, the normal things
1: in life. Right. Getting to enjoy what everyone else gets to enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, sometimes we really do take those things for granted. And so as occupational therapists, I feel like, that's that's kind of what we do we talk to people and we ask them what is important to you and then we try and figure out how to get to doing those things yeah so a little background on occupational therapy you know many of you may not actually know what it is but it actually has been around for a very long time yeah I think um our American Occupational Therapy Association has been around for a hundred years. Back in the day in psychology and healthcare, they started to notice this trend that when you focused on what people enjoy doing, they got better much quicker, which seems a little obvious, but at one point we didn't even think about it. Yeah. We That's had people been, in mental institutions just locked up all day, and we're like, why aren't they getting better? Yeah. We keep shocking them. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been around for a long time. Um, a couple of our world wars were pretty important for us. Oh, yeah. Um, I and, mean,
0: I think any, like, medical or technological advancement is largely in part because of war. Yeah. So. Which is sad, but... Shout out to war. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so for today's episode, we actually we had Amy go and talk to it was a pediatric occupational therapist, right? Yes, so
0: I shadowed her for my volunteering hours for a little over a year, and during that time, like she was such a huge help in the whole you know, application process and stuff, but I really got to know her really well, and she's this brilliant, brilliant woman, she's just super smart, knows so much that, about, like, insurance, and billing, and just, like, everything that I just, I learned so much from her from her just by watching her, and, you know, asking her questions about, you know, why this, why that, how does this work, and, So I thought she would be the perfect candidate
1: to be our first, yeah, our first guest for sure. It was kind of the beginning of your journey into it. So, yeah, we we have a little interview that Amy recorded um, during our winter break that we're gonna play for you guys.
0: Okay, so without further ado, our first guest, Irene Winkler. So let's get. started with a little bit about yourself like where you went to school and what areas you've worked in
2: i went to school at chatham college which is now called chatham university in pittsburgh pennsylvania um i have worked in early intervention um home health well early intervention home health up in the bay area um, which was mostly inner city um and then some nicer areas Um, And then I moved down here, and then I went to outpatient pediatrics um, for about two years, had a second child, and then I went and became an independent vendor with Regional Center of Orange County. I did that for about a year, two years, and then I started with a PT um, and started this head-to-toe therapy as an outpatient clinic. That's cool. What is um, an independent vendor? An independent... Regional Center of Orange County is um, a regional center. That the system is only for California. Um, they get the funds for children and adults with disabilities through the state and the federal level. Um, they cover um, IDEA Part C, I believe, the one where it's for the babies.
0: Yes, we learned about this yes. In class.
2: Yes. <laughs> so, in the state of California, that part, the regional center, has an early start section. So you become a contract worker for them, and that's what they mean by vendor. Mm-hmm. So you have a contract; it's a straight contract. Um, it actually used to be one of the ways that a lot of female therapists became independent. In, independent employers like they were they were self-employed because they were vendors with regional center Mm -hmm. then the the recession hit and the regional center changed the state and the regional centers in general changed the way that therapy was given and they said everyone had to go to insurance so that dropped Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, people's caseloads so then you had a lot of therapists unfortunately out of a job basically wow. so a lot of them went to nursing homes or they would have to hook on to a bigger clinic mm-hmm. so it was it was it was sad to see i mean they there were at least 50 individual vendor PTOT and speech and you can make good money it was yeah. a good it was really good money a lot some of them were the single like the single breadwinner for their families and mm-hmm. it all went away when the session
0: oh wow hit, yeah is that going to come back?
2: Probably not. Probably not because now they're realizing they're trying to really hone in on everyone needs to go through insurance hmm. yeah. because what you ended up it, it's it's one of those sad parts, especially when you see the socio economic disparity mm-hmm. at least here in like what we see in Santa Ana versus other places in Orange County is. People were getting served, the lower income was getting served because they were through a regional center. So they mm-hmm. were a higher paying client. And then, but they have Medi-Cal now and they're not, so they're not getting served. So you mm-hmm. went from a regional center, um, at the time was paying $87 for an hour of therapy. Mm-hmm. And now it's twenty-one seventy-five 75 for half what? an hour for Medi-Cal. So no one can do that. I mean, we do it, but we downsized. We did a lot of things, but you know, I know this is being another podcast, but <laughs> when you look at when you look at the mandate supposedly of going to a doctorate, mm-hmm. and then you're you have this debt, and then. Everyone, everyone's told me well, just negotiate. You can't negotiate with government. Yeah. It's MediCal. Yeah. Or Medicaid. Medicaid is what's in Texas, like everywhere in like California. Yeah. So it just becomes it just becomes this thing. So I so that's what the vendor is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. So then, um, I've been doing head to toe has been open for about ten years now. So I've been doing that for ten years. It's always been in San Ana though. It's yeah. low income. Okay. So what is OT for you? Um, it is, at least for pediatrics, because I work in pediatrics and I work for the younger kids, it's trying to get them to be part of the family and to enjoy playing and being social with their own family Hmm. and being, you know, and, and the family enjoying their kids. Yeah. So that's their occupation is to be a family member because that's what you need to be when you're a kid.
0: Yeah, it's, like, a really important role. I think the kids that I've seen, I mean, I can think of that one that just needed to be held by his mom, like, at all times. Mm -hmm. And that limits, like, his role, but also, like, his mom's role. And I think we kind of, like, talked about that when I was here about, like, how, like, her attention was carrying the kid. And not so much all the other kids in the house.
2: Well, not only that, but she she loses her role as a mom to, you know, be it a breadwinner, be it to take care of the house, you know, if that's what her role, she wants to have that role of cooking, cleaning, taking care of the other kids. She couldn't do any of it. She had to just hold the kid. Yeah. And even the kid's not learning and trying to grow and become social because he's not even socializing with his siblings. Yeah. You know, it's and even like mealtime, mealtime social. Cuz people think it's just eating, eating. It's like, no, it's a really social thing. That's that's the occupational part. You're occupying your time. But if you're occupying your time for one thing, it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's true. So I guess that kind of answers why OT is important for pediatrics. And we kind of talked about this like yesterday. When you are saying, like, a lot of people think that, like, oh, it's just, like, playing. Yes. But it's not. <laughs> it's not. Like, way not. bigger than that.
2: Yeah, it's playing is just the outcome. You know, you, you, it, but I think it's hard for people to understand because with a typical child or even a typical person, if you give them all the toys or present them with the gym, they're mm-hmm. like, yay, and I will do it. But you've seen it. The kids that we treat, they will sit on the floor and be like, I don't want to do that. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So then that's what we do. But you, the, the
0: play is the outcome in right. a lot of ways. Yeah. So what do you think the general population should know about pediatric OT? Most of the general
2: population thinks that we just, at least for pediatrics, we only work with autistic kids. Mm-hmm. Um, general population should be know that we are actually... Very knowledgeable on child development, Mm -hmm. and that we do know what is normal and what's not normal. And when we say, when we gently ask, you know, say, suggest they need help, your child needs help. Yeah. um, We're not, you know, somebody who's um, just saying it just to get paid. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, I also think people should know that we are actually more knowledgeable pediatric. OTs and PTs are more knowledgeable about child development than pediatricians. Why is that? Pediatricians, like, if you're just going to a straight pediatrician, if you look at the medical courses, they're only dealing, they're only really taught Mm
0: -hmm. the disease. They're Mm -hmm. not
2: really taught normal development. Yeah. Actually, they're not. They're not. There's no class. Like, we get a class for pediatrics where you go through the stages, Mm -hmm. zero, zero to... Twenty, you, know, you go through the milestones. Mm-hmm. Most pediatricians don't, unless they do it independently. Yeah. yeah. But the actual medical schools, I believe, well, last time I talked to a pediatrician, they don't go through that. They can specialize in develop, become a developmental pediatrician, mm-hmm. but a pediatrician is only taught, you have a sick kid, he weighs this much, this is how he's printing, this is the medicine you give him, yeah. or this is the course
0: you give. But that's what a doctor's supposed to be. Yeah. So this kind of goes back to the Medicaid thing. So do a lot of clinics not take Medicaid because of that reimbursement? Yeah. Okay. And it's meta. It's actually different in
2: in the state of California. Yes, it's Medi-Cal. So there's a lot of bureaucracy in California. So in other states, the reimbursement may be big bigger yeah um just like in texas they just said that they were going to reduce their uh rate but they actually have a bigger rate in texas mm -hmm. from my understanding um so yeah but yes i mean it's all about reimbursement and the state of california that is the main reason why
0: you have a lot of kids not getting services wow so. Is that just because they can't get coverage or because clinics just won't take them?
2: The clinics won't take them. Wow. I can straight out tell you. There's a clinic up the street. They, all, they will take regional center for occupational and physical therapy, but they will not take any insurance kits. Wow. For Medicaid, Cal, Medicaid Medi-Cal. Yeah. They will take pri- some private insurance, but not all. Is private insurance better? Private insurance is... Another, just, it's a different beast to, to deal with. Because yeah. you have to remember there's different plans, then you have HMO, PPO, and then with PPO, you also have to meet your deductible. Some HMOs, you also have to meet your deductible. Mm. So you have to, if the family hasn't met their deductible, which always resets the 1st of January. Yeah. And, you know, if you have a $6,000 deductible, then you're paying for therapy out of pocket until you... He hit that $6,000. Yeah. So we just had a family here. Regional center is supposed to be like a safety net. Mm-hmm. They were being re- uh, referred for regional center services for an eval, see if they did qualify so that regional center could say, okay, we will pick up your deductible, like uh, the cost, mm-hmm. because they were getting recommended for two times a week. They were twins, two times a week, and their insurance said, well, that's a $90 copay. Yeah. Times two, That's times insane. two.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> for the month would have been, yeah.
2: And, you know, you hit, so you have a lot of, and parents don't quite understand. It's like, yes, it's a covered service, but it's covered after you hit your deductible. Mm-hmm. Then it's like 25%. So private insurance is a little bit harder. And then as a as a person, a provider, sometimes you don't get paid for like three months.
0: Yeah,
2: You have 90 days for the time you submit the claim to pay you, or to tell you that they need more information. And then when you need more information, it's another 90 days. So you can, it can be a year until you see the money.
0: That's like a lot of reason to not take those cases. A lot.
2: I mean, majority of the time it's good, but it's always going to be, majority of the time it will be 90 days. Yeah. And like, is the paperwork for that just? It just depends. I've heard, I've had, uh, for us, it's not that big of a deal, because we don't take a lot of private insurance, but I've heard from other clinics uh, across the country, like, I'm in a, like, a Facebook group for private owners, and, Mm -hmm. you know, usually it's really good until, you know, one or two will have the hiccups and stuff. But in general, if you, if you get someone who's good at billing, Mm -hmm. but that's another cost, you have to get a biller.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, either that or
0: you just kind of, okay, well, that's kind of a write-off. Yeah. Wow. Um, Well... That kind of—I have an idea of what the answer is for this next question, <laughs> but <laughs> what do you think is the biggest barrier or challenge working in this population in this specific community of like Southern California?
2: In this specific,
0: on it's—it
2: actually isn't. It's more the gatekeepers of, um, which is pediatricians and the regional center to get the referrals because. Um, parents, we've had parents, they'll say, well, I brought it up with the pediatrician, and they said, okay, let's just wait. Let's just wait. And then they wait until they're a year or two years, and it's kind of too late.
0: Waiting for them to yeah. be more
2: behind. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where the biggest barrier is just knowledge of who to go to, you know? Yeah. And that that parents aren't alone. A lot of parents always feel alone, and who they rely on, they rely on their pediatrician. Well, the pediatrician gonna doesn't know.
0: Yeah. So, and I've seen here too, like you and Ginger having to be the advocates for therapy because yes. they're not really getting it anywhere else. Correct.
2: Yeah. but I mean, it's not, again, it's a gatekeeping thing. It's who the pediatrician could say yes, they so need therapy. Well, that that goes. To the medical assistant, the medical assistant is you know, not nothing to say that it's they're a bad person, but if they don't, if they only have their associate's degree and they're not, they're only trained to like take blood pressure and do that, mm-hmm. then they're adding, okay, now you have to make referrals, they don't know what they're doing, so I mean, you really have to look at who's that, so the gatekeeping becomes like. You have a bunch of, like, floods or gates that you have to go through just to get the therapy. And then is it enough where people are getting – there's a clinic close, or are they full, or are they taking your insurance? I Mm -hmm. mean, we've had people – I know um, we are in Santa Ana, California. We've had people having to have to come from Lake Forest or San Clemente because there's no one that will take their insurance. We are the furthest south that you can, that takes really Chalk Health mm-hmm. Alliance Medical. Wow. And Chalk Health Alliance in Orange County is the biggest medical group that um, takes medi- Medica- 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 medi- Medi-Cal. Yeah. Oh,
0: my God. Well, do you think that kind of, like, boils down to, like, just people not knowing what occupational therapy is? Um,
2: not. No, because, I mean, people know... If, Physical therapy, yeah. We st- you know, it's just one of those things. Are you talking about the parents or the gatekeepers people? that you're saying? No, I think it's just a matter of they just don't understand. They don't. They know where they're supposed to go, but they're hoping that it's just it. They'll grow out of it because then they don't have to make the referral.
0: How often does the kid grow out of
2: like <laughs> some kids do, some yeah. kids don't. I mean, I think I think enough kids grow out of it, quote unquote. Enough for a pediatrician to go, well, this one might grow out of it. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, flat heads. Yeah. You know, oh, they'll grow out. It's like, no, it won't. After three months, it's going to pretty much be flat if you don't do anything about it. Yeah. So, but pediatricians, I mean, I'm just saying pediatricians, again, they're the biggest, they're point one. Mm-hmm. They're, they, you know, they see the kids... Most frequently, if they're not in therapy, and a lot of them just are just trying to survive with the new health care insurance. But they also just—it's all new. I mean, flat heads or you know, plagiocephaly is relatively new. With the the occurrence is new. I mean, there are a lot of kids now with it, mm-hmm. and the parent. I think pediatricians are just kind of like, what's going on? <laughs> you have to change things. So. Yeah.
0: okay so next question uh what would be your like your most important advice for current ot students that want to do
2: anything in ot i mean my advice is usually just to be open-minded and you know like for you i always give you the you know yes you're interested in hands and you're interested in pediatrics Well, there's pediatric hands. I mean, there's always something out there. You have to just kind of go for it. Yeah. Um, Professionalism seems to be a a keynote that I always go when I go to advisory meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, But the big thing is, you know, don't always go for the higher paycheck um, because there's always hidden stuff. Um, Be knowledgeable between the W-2 and a 1099. You know, f- go where you're gonna get the training and get some supervision and mentoring. Yeah, I mean, it 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 will come. But I mean, the other part is is that there's a whole lot out there that you guys aren't gonna even. You're just touching on it. Yeah. And know that it's an entry level degree. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of stuff out there that you guys kind of see but don't see. So. Yeah. Just be
0: open to it. Yeah, that's true. Okay, and then our last question, which we're going to be asking all of our future guests, so you get to be (laughs) the first one to answer it. This is so exciting. Um, Okay, so what is your favorite occupation and why? My favorite occupation for
2: myself? Yes. My favorite occupation right now is sleep because I don't (laughs) get enough of it.
0: That's a very important
2: one. It is a very important one. And in pediatrics, people forget about it. Really? Yes. Hmm. They will, they eat, people will forget to ask parents about sleep and stuff. And then you have kids that cry and they're like, what's going on? Oh, it's their nap time to sleep (laughs) but sleep is probably the most important occupation i know for me it just it resets your brain it rests it and much happier after that would be exercise so i don't kill my children
0: (laughs) oh my goodness okay well thank you so much for doing this no problem and um i'll send this to you when we
1: finish it okay (laughs)
0: Okay, so my biggest takeaway from that whole interview was kind of she really talks about the entire scope of what an OT can do. And we talked about this after um, I stopped recording us, but I asked her, like, how she knew so much about the insurance and, like, billing process. And she told me that it's because her dad was a doctor and she used to, like, work in his office, like, growing up and stuff. So she had to like learn all that insurance stuff. But then that kind of started this whole like journey of, oh, like this is interesting and like it's important. I need to know it. And I think a lot we like, we talked about like billing and stuff a lot in uh lifespan. Yeah. And I for sure took that for granted up until this interview because I was I kept thinking like, why do we need to know this? Like, this doesn't matter. Like who cares? it's lifespan. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> I don't need to know, like, how to build in, like, acute care or whatever, but I think, like, for that reason, like, it is it is really important, especially in California, where, like, there is a ton of bureaucracy. You know, Texas is kind of, like, more straightforward, I would think, but um, it's important for us to know that so that we could, like, properly advocate and, like, push for those services. Right.
1: Being able to give the best care possible to our patients. Yeah. And... Um, I think you even touched on this a little bit during the interview, but being an advocate for them. Yeah. um, You know, a lot of people out there, they don't they don't know this information. And it's, you know, even as students, we have a hard time understanding it. And this is what we do every single day, every week. And we don't even get it. So how do we expect a mother of four kids who's trying to Get it all together, and two of her kids have some kind of disability, like she doesn't have time to read healthcare for dummies <laughs> yeah <know? laughs> so yeah it's it's definitely important to be educated on this, and I think even for those out there who don't plan on being healthcare practitioners, if you have the time trying to educate yourself on where to go for Healthcare and for insurance and making those decisions for yourself that are going to come in handy when you know a rainy day hits yeah absolutely so another thing that we discussed um after reading the or listening to the interview we <laughs> we don't want anyone to feel like we are trying to pediatricians yes it's love, not yeah we love pediatricians um i think what irene Uh, was trying to say was we usually think that doctors have to know it all you know we and that they're like the gold standard but we put all this pressure on doctors to help us with every single aspect of our lives when in fact there are people going to school getting their master's degrees on very specific issues and problems and so having a wider, more generalized understanding of what is out there and how certain healthcare practitioners can help you, you know, yes, go to your doctor, tell them what your issues are. And maybe even, you know, advocate for yourself, push more, say, where, where can I go? What specialists can help me with this? And realizing that they can't possibly know absolutely everything yeah I mean that's,
0: I think that's part of like health literacy is like knowing that you can and when you should you know ask for other options and advocate for you know can I go see a specialist can I is there anyone else that I can talk to Um, because I mean it's it's not a perfect system and it's not a perfect world and we can't expect
1: your doctor to
0: know everything and yeah.
1: And it's hard. It's I, I go to the doctor and my doctor's like, this is what you're going to do. And, you know, I don't agree with it, but I'm all nervous and I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't want to pretend I know more than my doctor. No one does. Yeah. Like, but you should know what's best for yourself because it's your life. It's yeah. not somebody else's. As a consumer, just know that you have options. <laughs> yeah. You were discussing in the interview about how eating is extremely social and... You know, you think about multiple different mammals and everyone has their own patterns of behavior. But if you consider us pack animals, you know, like dogs, they go, they hunt, and they eat together. And yeah. that is pretty much the
0: their entire
1: existence. Yeah. You know? It's very, like, primal. Right. And primal. it's... It's kind of weird to think of yourself as a pack of dogs around the table with your family just scarfing down <laughs> on a carcass. I mean, you haven't been to my Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, that's one thing that I feel um, needs to get pushed more in households, sitting down and having a meal with your family and yeah. talking, and uh, especially with young kids. It yeah. means so much to them to get to spend that time. Yeah, I think it's a huge
0: cultural thing too. I mean, every—I mean, yeah, eating in itself is you know universal, but every culture has its own you know standards and right habits and routines and things, and um, participating in that is really huge. Yeah, but we will be talking about that
1: more in a later episode, and uh, yeah, about eating and food and. Every, everything that I love. <laughs> so, we're going to finish off the episode um, by uh, also talking about what our favorite occupation this week is. So, Amy, what is your favorite occupation this week?
0: This week, I'm gonna say that my favorite occupation is going to class and being in class because it's something that I've been really grateful to be able to participate in and um, I feel really lucky to be here and going to class as inconvenient to my sleep schedule (laughs) as it may be I really enjoy getting to go and being able to learn about all the stuff that is going to help me down the line and help
1: me help other people yeah I mean um for me this week I went to yoga and that's not something I always do I feel sore which makes (laughs) me feel really sad about my physical health but I woke up this morning feeling like a new person so that's amazing yeah it's great everyone should try it (laughs) you know at the end they just turn off the lights and they just let you like Chill, yeah, shavasana flow, yeah. Vibe. We should do that in class. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to give a special thanks to my brother, who created our logo. He has this awesome shoe company called Arana Shoes, and you can find them on Instagram at o r a n a. Amy, where can people
0: find you on social
1: media? Uh, you can follow me at a tibble on Instagram. All right. And you can find me at ANAMI94 on Instagram as well. So, um, also,
0: dang. I'd like to give out a special shout out to Dr. Getty for letting us do this. <laughs> Giving us the
1: okay. Yeah, we're actually live <laughs> out my podcasting dreams. We're actually getting graded for this. <laughs> so, <laughs> please like and subscribe and send us any messages, you know, with comments or anything that you'd want to hear about. What is, What is your favorite occupation? What is something that has affected your life in a way that has kept you from being able to do the things that you want to do or it did for a while and now you've overcome it? You know, we want to hear your stories and we want to hear what is important to you. Thanks. Go Deb. Go Deb. (laughs)